Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, today we're exploring the benefits of ice bathing and cold water swimming and looking at the Wim Hof method, which you're probably going, what the hell is that? But we're going to tell you all about it coming up very soon and especially how it can help our health and well-being and of course to live a more joyful life. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this practice, it involves submerging yourself in a cold body of water for a few minutes, either in an outdoor lake, the beach, the pool, or even a bathtub or a tub filled with icy water. And so today we'll be talking to Jean Kelly, who is a holistic health expert and hosts an ice bath community meetup, and Nadine Burrito, who is a cold water swimming and Wim Hof convert, and of course I've got the fabulous Mel Sarge with me as my sidekick today. Yay! Yay! Yoga ice baths. <laughs> we're going to talk about the many health benefits of this practice, from improved circulation and metabolism to increased mental resilience and even longevity. So, hey, Nads. Hey, Jean. How are you going? Welcome to Hey Soul Sister. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You look really fit and well. Are weights part of your regime as well, or is it all to do with the ice? No, no. That sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, big on the ice, but um, I try to do lots of different things that are good for my health, from strength training to breathing like Nads and meditation. I love meditation, time in nature. It's Mm. all good. I love that. And I just want to point out, I'm very grateful that you're here in the studio with us because we predominantly get female guests as Hazel sister. We're going to make you an honorary male sister, Mr. Sister. <laughs> oh, so I'm, I'm honoured. I'm honoured <laughs> to be Mr. Sister. Mr. sister. You I should get it. T-shirts for the Mr. Sister. We can give one to you. Absolutely. So, Jane, you're a holistic health expert, spiritual truth seeker, which I love, and a master breathwork instructor. Tell us, how did you first get into discover the whole ice water bathing cold water experience so i've got a background in personal training about 15 years ago i started working as a personal trainer my whole thing was to get people to become healthier it's easier said than done there's lots of things that hold people back and i found that one strategy wouldn't work for everybody so this led me down the rabbit hole to see okay why does this work but this doesn't for that person and you just get broader and broader and deeper deeper down the rabbit hole And it even took me to a sort of more philosophical realm, like a way of seeing the world and perceiving the world and because your perception dictates how you behave. Along that journey, I also also learned that people don't really listen to what you say at all. (laughs) Actually, that's pretty true. We're listening. Our children don't. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. But what I notice is that they do watch what you do. The best thing you can do for people is not try to convince them to do something positive for themselves. The best thing you can do is just be a positive example yourself embody the right behavior and hope it inspires others so that's when i shut my mouth and instead started jumping in cold water filming it and put on social media but even that was embedded in a deeper you know philosophical drive which was the way i saw it in life we can uh run away from challenges or we can face them forthrightly Uh, but there's no no challenges there's no no challenge option that was the big thing that i found uh, held people back from making positive behavioral change people weren't able to be resilient when they got knocked off they struggled to get back up but again getting knocked off is all part of the process so 
that's all embedded in the ice. When when you jump in the ice and face it forthrightly, the cascade of hormonal changes that occur are no different from when you face stress. Uh-huh. And stress is what causes people to default to the old behaviors that they're seeking to change. If you can induce the stress response, but then regulate yourself consciously, like willingly, like jumping in the ice bath, what you'll find is that will translate to your ability to stay coherent and balanced when you face those other stresses in life, like the kids or work or deadlines or traffic or whatever it is, you won't get knocked off as much when those stressful situations occur. By doing that, you're you're kind of like training your body and your mind to deal with the stress so that when other stresses come up. Precisely. A way to think about it is that we've all got the same hardware, but different software. So all of us are unique, but we all inhabit a body. And even though different unique situations to us will stress us out, when it comes to physiology, it's all the same simple basic hormones of stress, adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, these sorts of hormones underpin the feelings of stress, even though it might be stimulated by different situations. So when you consciously and purposefully induce that cascade of hormones in your body and you feel that stress, what you can do is then use your high-level thinking centers of your brain to remain calm in that stressful situation. And it's a principle of neuroscience that neurons that fire together, wire together. And what I've been able to do is wire my stress neurons to my relaxation neurons through practice. So what that means is that when I face a stressful situation, my immediate response is a big, slow breath, and that keeps me calm. This improves the resilience and allows us to make better decisions in the face of stress instead of emotionally reactive decisions. Okay, you've just totally sold me. Oh, I'm just sitting, I've been trying to get you to do this for years. You've just sold (laughs) Yes, and I'm just sitting here going, you are articulating everything I'm trying so hard to say in my layman's terms, and the words that you're using it's it, it's what he's saying is so true. I know everything, everything. Okay, so jump in, Nads, for a uh. sec. So, I, as Nads just said, she has literally been trying to get me to go down <laughs> and do a cold water swim with her every morning for years, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. At Seven o'clock, Jean, you've just sold me. Yes, thank you. But Nads, so tell us about how you first discovered doing the cold water swimming. What made you first start doing that? Because you are someone who every morning gets up before yeah. the sun rises and you go and do, especially in the middle. Of winter yeah that's you're the crazy best time woman. to do it best time to do it is winter so we moved to Merriweather oh, two years ago and started walking down to watch the sunrise most mornings and saw these crazy swimming of a morning and I just was getting the biggest FOMO because I'm such a water baby and just started doing it the girls at work were laughing at me and then one of them said you're turning into a Wim Hof I'm like who so I went and did a bit of googling had a look at his YouTube videos and was blown away and then read his book. And what he talked about in his book, the science behind everything made sense to why I was addicted and loved it. And then what you've just said, Jean, all those words that you're using is exactly how I feel. It's amazing. So when Absolutely you, amazing. So when you go down and, and do your cold water swim, are you actually swimming or do you just kind of sit there? No, no. Um, so we go to the baths and walk down the ramp every morning in winter without fail. I literally, because it's, it's hard to actually go, I'm going to put my head underwater. Yeah knowing how cold it is and every morning I say to myself quietly face the fear and do it anyhow or feel the fear and do it anyhow and the water literally takes your breath away and it takes about well it's actually the fun of learning to control your breathing because it does take your breath away and takes super deep breaths I can't even talk to anyone while I'm breathing to get my temperature back up and then I don't know maybe 90 seconds in I call it the warm blankie this blanket comes over you and it's you're warm it's so bizarre in the middle of winter 
13 degree water, eight degrees outside, and you get this warm blanket over you. And it's just like, oh, okay. so what's what's the warm blanket all about? Or is she just does everyone get a warm blanket? <laughs> is it well. just me? Is this where Nadzi's going a bit delusional or something? That- <laughs> I love it. Jean's got the answer. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, there are two ways of thinking about the warm blanket. The first one is a bit more literal. Once you stay nice and still in the water your body temperature will actually heat the water that's directly around you. Oh, wow. I say I move. I do laps. Yeah, so, so mm. what will happen if you move is you'll break that sheath of warmer water. For those who sit still, they can f- try and f- they can tend to find that inner peace. But to make it harder is, yeah, you would move, you would do laps, or you can move around, or if you do it in a running body of water, that's way, way harder. But what I think you're probably referring to is the subject of a workshop I've got coming up actually called the quantum ice immersion where it's this state of just deep inner peace. Mm. You know, it's where you kind of get out of your own way and let your biology, which is so ancient and old that has evolved to deal with these situations. When you get out of your own way and just let your body take over, you can find what the Stoics call your inner citadel, (laughs) which is like this space inside you that is untouchable regardless of the circumstance of the external world. And to me, that's akin to cutting your puppet strings because when you can hold that inner peace despite the freezing cold water, it's so empowering. Oh, it's ridiculous. And then down at Mirror the Bars, to top it off, you've got, because I do it at 5.30 in the morning, you've got the moon still up some mornings, the sun rising, the stars are bright. Like it's so, it's you need to come down. I can't even explain it. You're putting into words so much better. I'm actually sitting here having this inner conflict, right? Because I'm like, Jean, you are selling it to me so well. Everything you're saying is like, yes, I need that. I totally need that. And then I think about the cold water and how I hate getting in cold water. And I'm like, and the yeah, 5.30. And the 5.30. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Well, the, the whole, this whole thing is embedded. The way I see it, it's embedded in this conversation or this competition between the lower part of yourself or, or br- even brain and the higher part of yourself or brain because you've got these ancient structures that are still common across all uh, vertebrates that are responsible for directing you towards pleasure and away from pain. But then you've got the high-level thinking centers of your brain that can actually override those functions. That's called top-down communication. Now, of course, you can also have bottom-up communication. Bottom-up communication would be an example of that would be when you get stressed and you become reactive. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And that's that that reptilian brain, it's called. That starts to drive you. And then you start to make decisions that maybe aren't very well thought out. If you're trying to make positive changes, you can default to those old behaviors that you're trying to change. And then you're off the wagon, you reset, you feel like, you know, could have done better, etc. Eat a Big Mac, hundred exactly. percent, or just the worst decisions. You know, when you're in anger and Precisely. you just—it's like someone told me anger is like holding a fireball and then throwing it at someone else. Yeah, precisely, and it just leads you down this path of uh, that. Ultimately, when the anger settles, is you—you know—you might experience things like shame or guilt. Mm, of course, but what what happens is is that you can actually train the higher part of your brain, which to me is akin to your higher self to inhibit the lower part, which means moving towards the fear and the pain and things like that. So the ice is an example of that. Getting up early is an example of that. Doing things that your inner reptile is saying, no, don't, we don't want to do this. But in the same way, what goes up must come down. What goes down must come up. So when you do something that's uncomfortable and crappy and you've got that resistance, what happens after those initial dumps of stress hormone is that you get an increase of the feel-good hormones. What goes down must come up. And Mm -hmm. that's how they've shown that ice exposure has been demonstrated to release dopamine 
increase dopamine by up to 250% for up to two hours after your mm. ice bath. So wow. two minutes in the, in the ice for two hours of extra dopamine, plus the stress hormones, which is great for your energy. So you'll get increased mood, energy, focus, motivation for the entire rest of the day wow. just by spending two minutes in the ice. Do you know the, the other bit of mental toughness and you're talking about being uncomfortable, I also think you know people fear not fear the 5.30 wake up, but fear the cold water for the discomfort. But I'm a bit wacky and I actually like finding comfort in discomfort. And then I think that sets you up. You've beaten yourself that day. And it's like, oh, if getting into freezing cold water at 5.30 in the morning is the toughest thing I'm going to do today, I've got this. Yeah, precisely. And that's just a head game. And it's no different to life. Like life is like that. You've gonna you're gonna have to do things that you don't really want to do mm. if you want to progress and evolve and move forward and seek a happier, healthier life. You've got to do things that are uncomfortable in the short term mm. so they bear sweet fruit in the long term. That's just how it works. The alternative is to engage in short term pleasure, but then long term pain. Now that's where you get the what goes up must come down type of thing. People go to drugs, food, um, alcohol, Big Macs. Yeah, all, all these sorts of things <laughs> that release the dopamine straight away. But then in the long term, your health becomes compromised, for example. I, I'm just kind of blown away. <laughs> Everything that you're saying, I'm just like, yes, yes. What if you do breath work with your Chardonnay? <laughs> does that, <laughs> be does that I don't know, does that work? <laughs> but also something I was going to talk about is the addictiveness of it. And you're, you know, you're talking about the addictiveness of the bad as well. Like, you know, when you're yes. addicted to your Big Macs, your Chardonnay, your whatever. But I am so addicted to this. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. So Nads is uh, the founder and director of Eight Recruitment, a mm-hmm. recruitment, very successful recruitment oh, company. Thanks. You do. And you you work very hard. Mm. You work super hard. And I guess as your friend, I see as well that it can cause a lot of stress in you and to the point where you probably put your own self-care Mm. lower on your priority list definitely i'm gonna say mm. that so I, and i know when you started doing the the cold water swimming you were saying about how it really did set you up for your day oh it totally does physically mentally emotionally like it just ticks every single box and i think there are days where i sit at the desk for 12 hours a day it's ridiculous and at mm. least i know i've done something with my day and i walk down swim have a coffee walk back and if i've done nothing else but sit at my computer all day i've I've got my buzz for the morning. I've done my exercise. Like my cup's been full and, you know, been filled emotionally, mentally and physically. That's beautiful. And mm. I, I love that because I know the, how hard you work. Mm. You know, you're at the office from eight to eight mm. some days. Wow. Yeah, but I've got my swim and my walk in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're changing it for this year because you keep, your theme word is freedom. Freedom, yes. 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 So, Jane, tell us a little bit for anybody who hasn't heard of Wim Hof and the Wim Hof Method. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about the theory behind that? Sure. So the Wim Hof method is a breathing technique. And, and it was a man's called Wim Hof. He, he developed it. Yeah. Yep. So Wim Hof is a Dutch man who for about three decades was considered crazy. He was swimming mm. in the cold rivers in uh, Amsterdam and was ridiculed and made fun of. But uh, what I really admire about Wim, I actually am not a fan of Wim for his breathing or cold necessarily, although we've got that in common and we both enjoy that. But what I really admire about Wim is that he had self-conviction Despite the ridicule for 30 years, he believed that he was onto something and now he's uh, going around doing lectures at universities and teaching professors and scientists how this technique works and how we can self-regulate using breathing techniques. But the breathing technique itself is just a series of fast breathing followed by a period of breath holding. 
and it exists on a whole spectrum of breathwork techniques. So breathwork, you can go to basically quite slow techniques right up to quite fast techniques. And Wim Hof sits on the fast end of the spectrum. The way it works is that basically when you breathe quickly, you're floating carbon dioxide and carbon dioxide is our primary stimulus to breathe. So when you've offloaded all that CO2, your CO2 is lower and therefore you can hold your breath for longer. In conjunction, it's been shown that fast breathing can reduce blood flow to the brain by between 30 to 80%. And by brain, I mean the high level thinking centers. That's why when you're stressed, which results in fast breathing, it's much easier to make those emotionally reactive decisions. Your thinking centers are offline because you're stressed and you're fast breathing. But when you do that consciously through the Wim Hof method and you reduce that blood flow to the neocortex and then you do a breath hold and everything's still, you enter this deep state of peace and silence that that you know monkey mind is finally in quiet and you can just linger there for a lot longer than you normally would had you not done the fast breathing and people just access finally after <laughs> sometimes a lifetime of chatter in the head they just enter this deep state of peace yeah that that's sort of how the Wim Hof method works typically people might do you know 40 deep breaths and then a breath hold until they need to breathe and do that three times and they've kind of recharged how can we like do this is there? Yeah, and you can get it and it it takes you through. He talks and does, does he? Yeah. Yeah, you can find lo- loads of guided breath work online. But um, wh- one of my missions in regards to the breath work is to educate people on the whole spectrum of breath work. Mm. So, so what's really important to understand is that our state of our nervous system is reflected in the breath and also our emotions. It's all kind of linked in a circle. That's how I see it. So your nervous system will influence your emotions and how you breathe. Like if you think about how you breathe when you're angry or upset, how do you breathe? <laughs> really shallow. Sh- shallow, sharp, fast. But how do you breathe when you're calm? Slow, deep, deep. breaths. Nice yeah. and slow and deep. So this relationship between breath and our emotional state is bidirectional. Our state influences how we breathe, but how we breathe can influence our state. So Wim Hof method, the way I see it, utilizes sort of a rebound effect. You breathe fast, you induce a bit of a stressful uh you induce a stressor on the nervous system and the bounce back to that is into this parasympathetic mode where everything's still and you're calm. But most people are already quite stressed. Yeah. Most people are already stressed all the time. They're already breathing fast by default, obviously not to the extent of Wim Hof, but they're breathing quicker than what they should. They're breathing inefficiently. And what changed my life is a technique called coherence breathing, which is actually slow breathing. It's the most studied, scientifically studied breathing technique there is, which is simply five seconds in, five seconds out. And what that does is that induces a relaxation response in the nervous system. If you spend more time in that mode, that colors the dominant mode of the nervous system and you go from being a bit of a stress head to being more of a Zen monk, you could say, someone who's a bit more relaxed. And I think that this is the technique. It's not as sexy and flashy. And there's certainly, you know, Wim Hof is great, but I think general population, they can rewire their nervous system, feel more calm and connected by just doing slow breaths. I actually like to do a combination of fast and slow breathing, what we call breath flows. So you might start with, say, Wim Hof style, just to get out of the head, then drop into a whole like 10 minutes of just slow breathing and it's, it's, it's a feeling of being reconnected to yourself. It's really remarkable. Where are you doing this and where can we come? Because you've sold me again. You've sold me on getting in the cold water and also breathing. Just, just quickly, a question about the your, your breathing. One of my podcasters, Katie Williams, she's a health coach. She talks about energizing breath that she does in the morning. And I've been doing that occasionally. I do it with the kids. It's quite helpful, but it's like quick to 
two in and then one long one out like (laughs) 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 so what what's essentially going on there okay so what's that quick double breath doing so let's just clarify the nervous system so the nervous system has two branches the the autonomic nervous system which you can think of as the automatic nervous system and both of these branches of the autonomic nervous system are geared for your survival the stress branch or sympathetic branches for short-term survival uh, and the long-term survival branch is the parasympathetic branch that's for resting and digesting and it's actually been shown that inhalation is linked to the sympathetic branch Mm-hmm. exhale into the parasympathetic branch so everything exists in balance that's a recurring pattern that's why the Tao or the yin yang symbol it's one of the most profound symbols there is there's heaps to unpack there but what's happening is that you're activating sympathetic branch with the sniff inhale the double sniff then a long exhale balances you back out with the parasympathetic oh, branch cool. so it's almost like you're establishing balance but if you wanted to face today with more calm you can extend your exhale compared to the inhale mm. If you want more energy, you can extend the inhale compared to the exhale. Simple. I mean, yeah. It's fascinating. It's just breath. Even to go to sleep, uh, someone told me once, if you just hold your breath a little bit and stuff the oxygen to your brain. And you know what? It actually works. Is that bad? I don't think you're starving oxygen. You're not, but you're just, it really brain. calms your head down and eventually you when, do when, drift off to sleep. I find it really handy. Well, I mean, if you're holding your breath, that would be in the direction of slowing things down because yeah. you're breathing less. Okay. And when you breathe less, you slow down the nervous system and you go parasympathetic. Also, you could argue that the accumulation of carbon dioxide in your body is a is um, an induce of the parasympathetic restru- response. Carbon dioxide actually calms the body down in the mm-hmm. right doses. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of different layers and angles you can, you can take on this. So I wanna ask you this question. Right now, I'm going through a period of total overwhelm. I kind of get up in the morning and I'm like already hit with the stress hormone because I'm like, oh my God, I've got so much to do today. What would I do? What, what would you suggest that I do to start off my day? Like besides getting in the, the cold bath? <laughs> the cold, <laughs> no, no, 30 with Nancy? No, but, yeah. but on, in terms of a breath technique. I would design a breathing flow and I actually have and I'm oh, okay. happy to send the listeners a copy of the breathing flow if you'd that like. That would be great. If anybody wants cool. a copy of this, uh, maybe yeah. send an email to uh, melissa at thesisterco.com and Je- lovely Jane will pass it on to Jane. Yep. Yeah, so I de- developed these breathing flows. That, like you mentioned it before, it's so simple. It's the breath. There's literally a breathing technique for every medication out there. Wow. It's amazing what? what you can do for um, with, with just the breath. Yeah, I believe that. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's remarkable. But um, if you're already stressed, here's the thing. If you're already stressed and you try and sit there and slow breathe, you're going to have the same problem that meditators have or, or novice meditators have where they just can't get out of your head. <laughs> yeah. so, so we kind of need to meet people where we're at. So if you're already feeling that stress, I would go straight into something like the Wim Hof technique or some fast breaths. What the advantage to that will be is that your cortisol is already rising in the morning. That's a natural phenomenon that occurs when we see the sun. We kind of need that rise in cortisol to feel energized. It's only when we go too much cortisol, too much, too often, that it becomes to erode our health through excess stress. So I'd go straight into some fast breathing and then straight into 10 minutes of slow breathing. So it might be like 30, 40 big, deep breaths. And then maybe a breath hold after the last breath. And then in, two, three, four, five, breathe out. Two, three, four, five. And just do that for 10 minutes. You'll feel way different, I guarantee it. Well, is everyone really focusing on their breathing at the moment? Yes. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like it's 
the most natural thing that we do as humans. And it's like yeah. this, this little secret that people mm. aren't tapping into. Yeah. And I did the Wim Hof breathing. I've done it twice and I haven't really got into it. But I was saying to the girls, actually like my limbs went all tingly and it was like I was hallucinating, like I was floating. You can't even explain it. It was amazing. And well, it was the first time I did it and I got there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's amazing about the Wim Hof technique. And, and again, I mentioned that it exists on the spectrum and it's on the uh, fast breathing side of the spectrum. But if you go to the far, far end of the fast breathing side of the spectrum, you find the work of people like Stanislav Grof. Now, I'm not sure if you ladies have heard of Stanislav Grof, no. but he was a Czech-born psychiatrist who was the leading researcher on LSD in the oh, 1950s wow. and 60s. That explains my hallucinations. Right. So, so he, he was reaching researching LSD for its therapeutic benefits in regards to addiction. And actually, Australia is going to be the first nation to legalize uh, medicinal mushrooms or psilocybin wow. magic mushrooms for psychotherapy uses in July this year. So wow. these psychedelic medicines were being researched to quite a high degree in the 50s and 60s, but then they were made illegal and Stanislav Grof could no longer run his research. But he found that when you did these fast breathing techniques and you did them for like three hours at a time, you could induce psychedelic-like states without the psychedelic drugs. Wow. And and these states, uh, these altered states, um, have a lot to show us in regards to healing, processing trauma, and just insight. You almost start crying even through it. Like it's... Yeah, it's very... It's common because as humans, we hold on to our emotions. You notice that animals don't get stomach ulcers or depression or anxiety, even though they're being chased by tigers. And they're so in the now. Yeah, yeah, they're facing these and then really. They let it go. They're facing these really traumatic experiences, and, and you'll notice that if a zebra goes back to the waterhole after escaping a lion, it'll shake. Yeah. Or Eckhart Tolle talks about the ducks that cross paths and flap their wings and then get back to it. You know, they're relaxed. That's, oh, that's, really? a, that's a discharging of energy. When animals conflict, they dis- discharge the energy. Wow. But humans have, are like domesticated animals. We've lost that instinct of discharging energy. So we hold on to it. So have you heard of like the shaking as well when you feel Yeah, yeah well, well, what it. happens with these fast breathing sessions, like what I just mentioned, which, which I've, I run these sessions and have participated in a lot of them as well. And it's kind of what I do. People tap into all this stored up emotional energy and just release it. And sometimes people laugh, but a lot of times people yeah. have a big cry mm-hmm. and they feel so much lighter after. And it's just tapping into our physiology. That's another reason why the physiology of this whole thing and the neuroscience of it all interests me so much. It's like this unifying factor that everyone can relate to because we all have that same physiology. You can tap back into that and release these emotions and feel so much better and have these really transcendental experiences, these really remarkable, even out-of-body experiences very psychedelic and i think the beauty is you haven't got to be in a classroom full of people who i mean sorry you have your workshops and stuff but you can mm. if you haven't got the time to get there or you can learn and do it at home yeah it's, like absolutely. you were saying you can create the the breath work for people yeah is that what you were just talking about in terms of releasing the psychedelics or i'm not that versed in this sort of stuff but i have heard someone say yeah you can breathe and then you release it natural dmt and i know you know, from I've never taken many drugs, but I do know that that's isn't that one of the most hardcore drugs like DMT? DMT is the active ingredient in ayahuasca, oh. which is the um, what Am- they use in the Amazon Amazon plant medicine that's part of their culture and has been for thousands of years where you can connect to the plant spirits and, and go on these visionary quests and, and missions and journeys and things like that. And it's, it's very healing, and a lot of research I believe is being done the effects of ayahuasca you can also smoke it when you smoke it it 
comes on very, very quickly, and it's a very, very psychedelic experience from what I've read. It's meant to be. I've heard that it's like a re- you see your whole life in, you know, 10 seconds or something. Well, well, they believe that it's released upon death and birth as well um, and, and near-death experiences, and that's yeah. what creates these uh, transcendental altered states. And, and people, you know, it, it's akin to what you can elicit during breath work. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same, but it's akin to. So some people might brand their breath work as DMT breath work. Okay. I personally haven't seen any studies that show that DMT gets released. But people have experiences where what they experience during breath work is similar to that when people experience DMT. So th- there is some crossover, I'm sure. That's what really interests me is you know what, what is happening in the brain during breath work, during deep meditation, during the ice, during psilocybin mushroom experiences or ayahuasca experiences. What's actually happening in the brain with all of them is pretty similar. Certain things go offline, certain things come online, and that creates this experience of being one with all at the far end or just releasing some you know, pent-up emotions on the not-so-far end. There is something that unites all these modalities to create these life-changing experiences, which really interests me. Where can people find you and where can they come and do your breathwork classes? Yeah, yeah. So um, you can follow me on Instagram at Gene Kelly Loves You. And that's my handle because I do love you. Um, <laughs> uh, on on uh, Facebook, it's just Gene Kelly. Uh, you can add me as a friend. I don't have a, a page. But me and my uh, partner, Allura, we're mm-hmm. starting a brand called The Heart Shift, which is based on a retreat that we created. And we actually fell in love at that retreat. We were originally <laughs> oh co-workers. Oh, my gosh. But, that's so cute. But fell in, <laughs> fell in love at, at The Heart Shift retreat. And now we've... You know, we're in divine union and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and we're creating these workshops because she, she's quite a, a, a mystic in her own yeah. way. But So you can follow The Heart Shift or at Gene Kelly Loves You and we've got some workshops coming up. We've got uh, actually an experience called the Altered States Experience where we're going to do some of these fast breathing techniques in combination with guided quantum meditation and we actually are gonna, going to explore the science of mystical unitary experiences. Um, So that's going to be super cool. And then that's on the 18th of March at the Redhead Wellness Sanctuary. And on the 19th of March, uh, we're heading to the Central Coast to do what we call the Quantum Ice Immersion, which is an opportunity to once again explore how the brain creates these mystical states. And then we're going to put it to the test by jumping in ice and being able to maintain our presence and our... um, our clarity despite the freezing cold water so everybody we all need to jump on and follow jane and um and so that we can also find out when you're doing your different community and spiritual breathwork activities yeah yeah thank you so much for coming this is really i know this is really cool jane you've given us a lot to think i think about and practice I do. I want to carry Jean around in my back pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Get access to Jean. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we just want to live a calm, beautiful, peaceful, joyful life. That's Mm. really what we're all striving for, and that's you know, with Hey Soul Sister, something you know, something that I know that I'm exploring. So, Mm. thank you so much. Thanks for all of you. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email Melissa at thesisterco.com.